this week's crypto headlines. Hello to you and welcome to Coin Market Recap from Coin Market Cap. I'm Connor Sefton and I'm here with Molly Jane Zuckerman. We're going to be looking at some of the week's biggest crypto news stories. How are you, Molly Jane? Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> <laughs> you are so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah, how, how's your week been? How have you had any nice, nice evenings out at all? I may have had an evening out yesterday that went a little longer than I had planned, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I will shirk any of my podcast duties. <laughs> <laughs> Was it one of those where your friend goes, "Oh yeah, we'll just go for a quiet drink," and then? Three hours later, you're four bottles of wine in and you're dancing on top of a car. There was no wine involved, <laughs> no cars involved. It was more of a oysters and martini sort of situation. Um, and I mean, there can never really be too many oysters and martinis. Well, excellent work. And we'll talk about some of the news. Starting off, really, it's the only place you can start on a week like this. And the ongoing drama surrounding Elon Musk buying, potentially buying Twitter, of course, he put in an offer last week for $43 billion. And it's not really kind of gone to plan for him, has it? No, it hasn't. I've been reading many think pieces <laughs> about Elon Musk's uh, Twitter bid. Um, so there's a couple of things I kind of want to talk about here. Firstly, of course, Elon Musk is going on this huge free speech crusade and he says that Twitter is failing its users in terms of free speech. But at the same time, he did a TED talk last week and he said that even if he did take over Twitter, there would still be limitations to what people could say on the platform because, of course, this is a company that has to comply with laws. They have to prevent people inciting hatred and all this stuff. What I'm trying to get to the bottom of is, what what can't you say on Twitter right now in, in Elon Musk's mind? What are the things that can't be discussed on Twitter? Because to me, it seems like you can pretty much post more or less anything, as long as you're not breaking the law. Yeah, I I am hard-pressed to think of something that you cannot post on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Besides hate speech and yeah, pornography. and pornography. I mean, I guess the main issues, of course, that he's raising are more centred on the approach that's taken to moderation. Which, of course, is a legitimate concern, because you have one company deciding what can and can't be posted in some ways... And in some cases, he believes that there's a grey area where it's up to human judgment whether or not a tweet should be taken down or not. And he believes that in these situations, the owner should be on kind of erring towards the side of let's keep this tweet up rather than taking it down. And he also believes that instead of permanent bans, Twitter should be more considering timeout periods. So I guess in his head the likes of Donald Trump wouldn't be permanently banned from the platform. Instead, they'd be given a timeout if they violated the rules. Okay, well, it's like not really a kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I hear what he's saying. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with him. Mm -hmm. And of course, the reason this all relates to crypto is the whole Doge army is, I think for the most part, 
happy because maybe in their minds they think that Elon would have Doge somehow be included in mm-hmm. Twitter or just the price of Doge would go up if such a Doge fan like Elon did something so crazy in public. Yeah. And of course, crypto has got other kind of elements in this as well. Primarily, Elon Musk has said that he wants to stop crypto bots and spam from deluging people's accounts. If you ever go on a high profile Twitter account related to crypto, you'll often see loads and loads of dodgy links promising giveaways and all sorts of questionable things masquerading as some of the best known people in this space, including Elon Musk. He wants to clamp down on that and stop that happening. And also, let's not forget that there are a number of crypto heavyweights who are particularly interested in Elon Musk's plan, one of them being the CEO of FTX as well, Molly Jane. Yeah, so Sam Bankman-Fried is on board with the idea of uh, Elon Musk owning Twitter. And not only is he on board with it, but he would personally like to be involved in building the social network up in a new way, maybe using blockchain, maybe using the idea of interoperability to have tweets appear on multiple platforms. I'm not really sure that is what Elon was proposing, a blockchain-based interoperable social media conglomerate. Yeah, it was a very weird interview that SBF gave to Bloomberg. And he said, like you said, he hasn't spoken to Elon Musk, first of all, so he was jumping the gun ahead a bit there as well. But he said he'd be excited to be involved in the project. And he said he'd like to see the fragmented nature of social networks be fixed. Let's take a listen to that clip. Right now, one of the big problems with social media is there's lots of platforms and all the platforms are completely independent of each other. There's no ability to see a tweet on Facebook if you message someone on Facebook, you even WhatsApp can't read it and that that's even the same company. Um, and so it's this, you know, really messy system where there are, uh, you know, there's no interoperability between different platforms. So ultimately, he wants it to be the case that you can see a tweet on Facebook. <laughs> if you message someone on Facebook, WhatsApp can read it. What's the point? What's the point of that? Surely people use different social networks for specific reasons. Yeah, it's also funny because what he claimed is that three guys who run three companies are the ones that have been tasked with deciding what can and cannot be said. Mm. But now he just wants it to be two guys, just him and Elon. (laughs) Exactly. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I completely agree. It just kind of, it moves the onus to a different person, doesn't it? Yeah, it moves the onus to a different person who is incredibly young and made money incredibly quickly. Yes, yes, indeed. And is apparently going to give it all away. But we'll have to see whether that happens. I'm not sure I believe that. Uh, Right. Yes. So (laughs) it's, it's really interesting. I mean, most reasonable people would agree that there are a couple of issues surrounding social networks and the way that they moderate content that need to be fixed. Do you think that Elon Musk would have the answer? Do you think Twitter would be a better place with Elon Musk in charge? So what one of the think pieces said is that the question already isn't, would Elon Musk be a good leader in charge of Twitter? Because we will not be getting all of Elon Musk if he becomes in charge of Twitter. Mm. Because he's the CEO of SpaceX, Tesla, and The Boring Company. Mm -hmm. So even though he does seem to be a financial genius, 
in many, many ways. Can he be a financial genius and also simultaneously run four companies? Mm-hmm. That seems difficult. Yeah. I'm not a financial genius, but four <laughs> companies. Yes, you are. Um, but <laughs> there was an article that did point this out, and they didn't mention the boring company here because they were describing like major companies here. So they were saying that if Elon Musk was to be CEO of Twitter... SpaceX and Tesla, he would be one of the few people who have been the CEO of three major companies at once. And you can imagine that people who are shareholders in Tesla might be a bit worried by all of this because they'll think, okay, Elon Musk is going to be spread too thin and his attention won't be growing this company. Instead, he's going to be playing around with his new toy, which is Twitter. Yeah. And then the Dogecoin people are going to be like, Elon, you're not working on growing doge with your tweets anymore (laughs) Mm. i don't know you just get this vibe that it's elon musk's kind of like latest thing his latest project like this time last year obviously we were right at the height of dogecoin mania it was in may that dogecoin hit highs of 73 cents just before literally hours before elon musk hosted saturday night live what will happen when Elon Musk gets bored of this and moves on? I will say that Twitter is a type of platform that you can spend on for hours mm. as opposed to you can't really buy a Tesla car for hours every single day. So I, I'm not I think it would take longer for him to get bored if he was truly going to be running how Twitter running our Twitter. And at this point in time, I am not optimistic. That is the outcome. So you don't think he'll get it? I think that the way he started his negotiation by saying, I'm starting at the end, there will be no more negotiating. Mm. And then the way that the Twitter board has done some tricky economic maneuvers means that he would have to negotiate with them, most likely in a friendly deal or engage in a proxy battle. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, you know, for our audience, Twitter is not obligated to accept the deal because although it sounds very good to someone that might not have been following Twitter's price in the stock market for a while, last summer, Twitter was trading actually above $70 per share and Elon Musk is offering significantly less than that. So if the Mm -hmm. Twitter board thinks that at some point in the future, Twitter could get back up to $70 or $80 a share, then Elon's deal is a bad deal for them to take. And you mentioned there some of those complicated economic maneuvers that Twitter's currently working on. Well, one of them is a poison pill strategy. And effectively, this means that if Musk was to own more than 15% of Twitter, he currently owns about 9.2%, Twitter would try to dilute the value of his shares by allowing other shareholders to buy Twitter stock at discounted rates. So in a way, it's a bit of self-sabotage to avoid a hostile takeover. If you guys are interested, our dear listeners, in reading a fantastic breakdown of what a poison pill strategy is, you can look at Matt Levine's money column uh, in Bloomberg that explains it incredibly well to people that have no idea how the financial world works. Well, we'll have to see what happens there in the next few weeks. Who knows? Justin's son might buy Twitter. He's offering more money than Musk. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He um, He's promised to pay more for Twitter oh, than just Musk. more. Yeah. Okay, got it. 
Okay, we'll see. Well, speaking of Twitter, we're going to talk about another story now. And a new list emerged this week that appears to show how much major influencers charge to promote crypto projects on Twitter. Now, it was a spreadsheet and screenshots of it were, were shared by a man called at Zach XBT. He calls himself an on-chain sleuth. And there was a big name on it, wasn't there, Molly Jane? Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yeah. Um, who has, you know, has expressed enthusiasm for crypto before, has commented on the price of Bitcoin and Ether, and she's released her own NFT collection as well. So it doesn't seem implausible, does it? No, it doesn't seem implausible at all. And it's important to note that this on-chain sleuths spreadsheet is not necessarily saying these people are breaking the law in any way by tweeting mm -hmm. about crypto. It's just more that the prices that they're charging are fascinating, probably for a non-crypto audience. Because mm -hmm. I love to say that things in crypto are completely twisted. And the fact that Lohan only charges $25,000 for a shill tweet, I think she could charge double that. <laughs> Mm. I really do. Yeah. And like you say, no suggestion that they're breaking the law here. But one problem that this man raised is the fact that in many countries, if you are posting something that you've been paid to, you're meant to use the hashtag at to make it clear to your users that that is what's happening. And apparently, according to him, many of the people who are on the list don't do this. So initially, it won't be clear to people that the influencers that they're following have been paid to push certain things. Yeah, and just someone with a practiced eye, like you and me, will see influencers like Kim Kardashian posting about Ethereum Max, mm -hmm. and we will know that that is an ad. But as we've talked about before, there are a huge amount of unexperienced potential crypto investors. So when they do see people tweeting about things like Lindsay Lohan, they might ne not necessarily think it is an ad. Um, mm -hmm. However, the people on the list that are specifically crypto influencers, that makes it harder because their audience is different. So it becomes very, very difficult to distinguish between what's a hot token they're covering because it is truly going up and what is a hot yeah. token they're covering because they got paid to do so well as you say lohan charges twenty five thousand dollars for a shill tweet or you can go for a package deal for thirty five thousand dollars that includes two tweets and one retweet as well now one thing that did interest me molly jane is that one of the crypto influencers who was on the list called dap center actually kind of had a bit of a uh, well, it was an interesting response. It was quite a straightforward response to being included on Zach XBT's list. And he tweeted, all you had to do is DM me for my prices, man. I would have told you. <laughs> and he said that, you know, he was, he was upfront about the fact that, yes, he does do paid promotions. It's how he earns his money. And he said that Zach XBT should be praised for bringing transparency and accountability to the space. There are a lot of scammers and bad characters out there. And if you're in the space long enough, you'll likely become the victim of a scam at some point. It's a problem and needs to be addressed. Generally, do you think it's okay for people to accept paid promotions for cryptos? Because sometimes as well, you've got to wonder whether how much due diligence that they're doing on these projects. Do they do the due diligence? Don't you start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that 
it it depends on the situation. Hashtag ad obviously needs to be there every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. But I think also a problem specifically with crypto influencers who make their money that way and might not do the best due diligence is that they often look very, very silly mm-hmm. because the coins they promote occasionally slash most of the time, depending on who you're talking to, later disappear, rug pulled out to be scams, etc. So yeah. it is in their best interests to do due diligence. Uh, do they do they do it? I don't know. What do you think of the way Spain's doing it? Because we reported on this earlier this year, Spain have got new rules, which means that if influencers are planning to do a post that targets at least 100,000 people, they need to contact the Securities Market Commission 10 days in advance. And if they don't do that, they could be fined up to $340,000. So their approach is kind of, listen, we know you're going to do paid posts, but you've just got to run things by us first to make sure that you're not going to be harming investors with what you post. That does make sense because making easy money is, I think, the reason people do it. And the second you have to fill in some sort of government form or wait for some sort of period, it is going to weed out the sort of more unsavory types, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, make more hoops and then and then less people will jump through them. Speaking of tokens that plummeted in value... Atari. Mm -hmm. So, completely out of the blue, back... Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out which day this happened on. Monday. Back on Monday, Atari announced that it had terminated a partnership with a company called the ICICB Group. But what this means is that Atari no longer has any affiliation with the Atari token. And as a result... This altcoin fell by about 30% in nine hours. Yeah, it's a relatively bizarre story because Mm -hmm. what the two were planning on doing was not only launch a cryptocurrency, but have Atari branded hotels all around the world that would accept this cryptocurrency as a payment method. Mm -hmm. I have not yet seen a response from the ICICB group about Mm -hmm. this. I do think that the way the deal fell through implies something something bad going on, right? Yeah, yeah, because, definitely. Yeah, you think so too. Good. Yeah, page then. absolutely. I mean, it was just, it was part of this message that Atari wrote to its investors. And it was really strongly worded because they said that ICICB is not authorized to represent Atari or its brands in any manner and that any mention of Atari on the token's official website or on social media is unlicensed, unsanctioned and outside of the control of Atari. So it really does seem that they had a bit of a falling out. Yeah, also... I am very skeptical of any of these crypto token plans to build actual real things yeah. and accept that cryptocurrency because it, we haven't seen it happen yet. You know, back in 2018, I did a story about a cryptocurrency nightclub in Las Vegas that had their own token and they would accept it. I mean, it was gone like two months later, you mm. know, so it doesn't seem like the, the best business model just in general. You know what? I'm just thinking about that. That's a really good point. There doesn't seem to be that good a track record of cryptocurrencies that aim to raise money for something or promise to do something and then actually end up delivering the goods. I mean, there are exceptions, obviously. Not in a physical way. 
not in a, not physical, in a physical way. way. There are metaverses, there are play to earn games, there are NFTs, of course, but we have not yet bridged the now I will use cryptocurrency to go to this one store that is themed like this specific cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. uh, message. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So Atari have said that they're still enthusiastic about the potential for blockchain initiatives and they're still finding partnerships in the space. Now, if you do own Atari tokens, what Atari is saying is that they're going to launch their own new token with a focus on gaming community and utility. A snapshot of everyone who owns Atari tokens was taken on Monday afternoon before the announcement was made. And these tokens will be exchanged for a new one at a later date. But it isn't easy for people in the gaming industry because many gamers really have an aversion <laughs> to, non, uh, to non-fungible tokens and cryptocurrencies. Oh, yes. They do not like them. <laughs> now, here's, here's my question as well, Molly Jane, because obviously we had Atari, you know, which isn't as big a brand as it used to be, but it's still a well-known company. They got involved in the world of digital assets. And then Formula One also got involved because they teamed up with Animoca Brands and together they launched the play-to-earn game F1 Delta Time. Now, if you remember last month, F1 Delta Time ended up ceasing operations because Animoca Brands had been unable to renew its license with Formula One. And it's really tricky when that happens because you've got F1 Delta Time, the game, and you're no longer allowed to use the F1 name. It's like, what happens? What do you do? So in the end, Animoca Brands closed the game down, said that anyone who bought NFTs for F1 Delta Time, some of them cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Anyone who bought these NFTs will be able to get NFTs from another place. It just seems like a mess. If you are a big brand and you are trying to get involved in crypto, it's very difficult to pull yourself out again without creating a huge mess. Yeah, it is. Uh, There's not been a good track record of that so far. So what do you think, you know, curious companies should be doing here? Should they really be lending their name to something like a play to earn game or a token? Well, I think in the examples we've talked about just now, everything has been a white label situation yeah, yeah, where some third party company is making something. And then when that partnership goes sour for whatever reason, the company removes their name, but that product still exists out in the world now mm. just like orphaned. So I think the successes have been with crypto, uh, you know, exploration with companies were to make their own thing in-house and then if they decide to get rid of it they can pull the plug i mean you can't necessarily pull the plug on a few different decentralized things they're doing but for the most part they could Mm. shut it down yeah and you're absolutely right i guess the challenge though with doing things in-house is that you need the expertise and that's probably where the attraction of teaming up with a company like animoca brands comes in because they know how play to earn games and nfts work and they can help you achieve it but in and of itself the people who were within formula one or atari might not have had the wherewithal to do the projects themselves and finding blockchain developers could be difficult it's it's the thing to do (laughs) (laughs) to be a blockchain developer right now it is the thing to do 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. But maybe not for Atari or Formula One. Right. Okay. So there was one story that you also wanted to mention, Molly Jane, and that was Julian Assange. Yes. There is one thing I wanted to mention, and that is the court-ordered extradition of Julian Assange to America. Yes. So this has been a long-running battle of toing and froing in the UK. He's currently being held in high-security Belmarsh Prison, uh, which is often where inmates who are a national security concern end up being held. And of course, before that, he spent nearly seven years holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Now, as, as, as Molly Jane just said, the WikiLeaks founders wanted in America for allegedly publishing classified documents, hundreds of files related to wars in Af- Iraq and Afghanistan among them. And what interests me and why we're talking about this on this podcast, Molly Jane, is, of course, crypto worth like millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars was raised to help fund this defense. Uh, it doesn't look it doesn't look like there's a good return on this investment now, does there? No, it wasn't a good return on investment, especially because do you remember some of the way that money was raised? It yeah. was something like. It was something like Assange made an NFT with someone and then they sold the nft and then they bought it themselves to send money to the lawyers like it was just such an unnecessary way of getting money into his defense fund using crypto and nfts which Mm. as it seems has been all for naught although i do believe that there is an appeal being filed already yeah that wouldn't surprise me yeah so there will be a further appeal And also, Assange is going to urge the Home Secretary not to extradite him because of the lengthy jail sentence that he would face if he was extradited. I understand why he would do that. (laughs) He's facing really (laughs) serious charges in America. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed he is. I don't know why I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So just before we go, Molly Jane... Obviously, we're now virtual again. I'm in London. You're in New York. Where an ocean separates us once more. But Coin Market Cap has actually got its own conference coming up, doesn't it? We do have something exciting coming up. We will be meeting again soon in the metaverse. <laughs> Should I maybe drop a name of maybe some of the people we could Can expect you? to see? Should I? Yes, oh, please. I would love to. So all of our coin market recap listeners coin market cap is going online for our first ever online conference may 26th may 27th you can check our twitter for registration it is absolutely free and as a little taste of some of the people you will get to see there cz you might have heard of him oh yes maybe our owner he (laughs) may be incredibly wealthy and he may have quite a lot to say about cryptocurrency and then perhaps a drum roll for our next biggest guest mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. be another quite wealthy person. It is Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor. We'll be talking about the future of Bitcoin in CoinMarketCap's online moon-based metaverse conference. I never thought I would say all of those things together, but I have, and it is true, and you can come see him talk Excellent. for free. Well, that'll be something to look forward to. So May 26th, May 27th, and of course, I imagine you'll be hearing plenty from Molly Jane and myself as well during that conference. We'll be bringing you plenty of coverage of what's been happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll be all over that. 
<laughs> as they say. All over that. Well, that is it for today's Coin Market Recap. We are going to be back with you on Monday with all of the day's crypto stories. But for now, goodbye, Molly Jane. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. And we'll see you on Monday. Take care.